0: Hi guys, my name's Adele Yango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. We are inching closer to Christmas and that's all that matters. Like I'm not even gonna start by greasing you. <laughs> I'll start by giving an appeal. If you live in Nairobi and you know where I can get a healthy-looking Christmas tree, the fake ones, please, do send me a comment or a DM our Christmas tree. I think we stored it badly, so it's stuck in a weird angle, and then it's just looking emaciated. (laughs) It's not a good look for somebody who loves Christmas. So DM me, comment me if um, you have details on that. Ignore it if you're just thinking, we're not even done with November A., November is just a haze. The real goal is to get to December speaking of december in last week's episode i did do a call out for christmas stories so if you have what you think is an interesting story of something you witnessed or experienced around christmas time maybe back in the day maybe last year or something that is going to happen this year and you're nervous about um whatever the story is record a one minute demo of it that's on whatsapp voice note or audio note whatever you call it and send it to the whatsapp hotline for this podcast which is let me just look it up there we go plus 254768628790 i have only one slot left and thank you to everybody else who has sent in their audio notes Y'all are awesome. It was really great to get like audio notes from Uganda. I was like, oh my God, the family is beyond borders. (laughs) (laughs) So this past week has been so difficult for me. On a mental and emotional level, my anxiety was uncontrollable. I was waking up tired and I still had so much to get done. I found myself getting very disinterested about certain projects or things that I'm involved in, it was very hard. I was doing, though a lot of breathing exercises and my mind shift app was like constantly open. So it was a week of just feeling overwhelmed, thinking about everything that I have to do before the end of November in terms of like my projects and Legally Clueless. I was doubting myself a lot more than usual. I was being very unkind. With my thoughts about myself and the words I was using on myself. Like, was just so much, so much to handle. And then I wake up this morning and then my period comes. (laughs) (laughs) And so I noticed a very weird trend where my anxiety is on overdrive a week or two before my period and I'd seen somebody talk about it on Twitter before that it's actually a thing but it was just in passing and I was like okay cool so I didn't think too much about it but because of how bad this past week was I was like shit let me just get up and read up on all of this madness and of course naturally my PMS It's terrible, like my emotions are, it's just exhausting trying to control them. But then I started reading up more about it and discovered two other conditions, you could call them, PMDD and PME. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce (laughs) what they stand for, but I'm pretty sure if you Google, you'll just see them there. Yes, whenever I feel something in my body, I do the thing of, which is Googling, like am I dying? What do I have, right? I'm not saying I have either of these, but some of their symptoms seem very relatable in my case, like PMDD, which is a mood disorder. And apparently, and this is based on data, I think, from two years ago, it affects up to 5% of people who menstruate. And so you feel irritability or anger, sadness, hopelessness, or despair. Tick. I felt that. Um, tension or anxiety um, on edge or keyed up, which is so strange because like during the last two days, my husband had traveled for uh rally. So he rallies and I sent him a chat and I told him, oh my God, I feel like I'm losing control. And I feel like I'm going mad anyway. And he was just like calming me down, which is very sweet. And um, what else? Symptoms of PMDD, mood swings or frequent crying, um, decreased interest in activities, ah, Jesus, um, troubles thinking or focusing. So, you know, this coming Tuesday, I have um, a moth main stage to prepare for, and I'm going to be hosting it. And hosting this main stage means that I will tell two stories plus host the entire show. It's a lot. And normally because I love the moth and I love storytelling, I love rehearsing, but it was it's been taking a lot more energy to get me up and focused to rehearse, right? And so I'd have to like bait myself in like, okay, if you manage to get this entire story in your head, you can watch one episode of Dickinson or you know, things that that's not how I usually operate anyway. Back to the symptoms. Um, tiredness or low energy, food cravings or binge eating, trouble sleeping, feeling out of control. <gasps> oh my God. PME. Let's see what the, the conditions are before I start diagnosing myself. <laughs> this is not advisable, guys. Oh, so they say PME is closely related to PMDD. It happens when a pre-existing condition such as generalized anxiety disorder intensifies during the luteal phase of your cycle. So, of course, um, I'm reading this thing and I'm just like, so, tell me, how do we solve this thing, Google? (laughs) Um, So, obviously, you need to do exercise, a regular exercise can help, which actually, for some Mental health conditions, you are told that it actually does help if you have a a regular exercise routine, relaxation techniques honestly, like my breathing exercises really, really help me. Sleep is also listed on here. I honestly think all of this information is great, but the responsible thing to do is you know if all of these things you're just like, "Oh my God, that is me." <laughs> Just maybe organize to see your gynecologist or end your therapist. Because it is so crippling and I genuinely felt like I was losing my mind last week. Anyway, so on to something that is still linked to our period. Periods are so inconveniencing i wish there's an easier way for us to go through this like i wish it was only the actual bleeding and not all of this nonsense that comes with it you know what i mean but hey um pregnancy and this is something that i have constantly shared to people around me i've shared it on this podcast i am petrified of motherhood I think of my late mom, and I'm just like, I don't know how she did such a brilliant job. That sounds so... (laughs) Um, It it sounds like I'm Kanye, but she did such a brilliant job with my sisters and I. She really did, to be quite frank. I'm not like bragging or anything, but you know, we turned out pretty okay. (laughs) Decent human beings who want to do good and are doing good in the community. This sounds like I'm bragging, but honestly, my mom did a really good job. And she would have conversations with with us. Like, I know I talked to my mom very openly about sex and just asking, is it painful? Um, we talked about sexuality. We talked about drugs. I remember the first time that I ever so weed i do not smoke weed and i'm not just saying that because there might be some cop listening to this podcast like genuinely i don't the first time i saw weed was now who has decided to put on their water pump anyway was when i was in campus and it was my birthday and i used to take the school bus the campus bus from Nairobi CBD to the campus. So I'd sit next to, you know, you've made friends and blah, blah, blah. So there's this guy, I wouldn't say his name. Um, he's really like reformed now. <laughs> and he showed, he was like, oh yeah, it's your birthday. Well, I have something for you. So then he opens up this like small tin thing. It looks like maybe like a card holder. And he opens it and there's like dried up broccoli in my eyes at the time. And I was what, maybe 18. And I'm just like, when it comes to birthday gifts, this is the strangest one I have received yet. Is this paraphernalia for witchcraft? What is this? And he's like, yeah, it's weed. I got off that bus so fast. We were at the gate of the campus. Instead of like going in with the bus, I got off at the gate and I was just like, hey, this man is trying to get me arrested. And I sent my mom an SMS. I was like, please come home early. We need to talk ASAP. This is an emergency or something like that. I'm so dramatic, my God. Anyway, so I got home and told my mom. I was like, can you imagine this boy? No, 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 show me this. And my mom is there and... In hindsight, I can see it in her eyes that she was holding back laughter. And she was like, what did it look like? Pretending she's never seen it in her entire life. And I'm telling her, and I'm just like, I don't understand how in the movies it's like, looks like a cigarette. But now, this guy was showing me something that looked like dried grass. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so I used to have this awesome open conversations with my mom. And I'm just so scared that if I have a child, I will not be as good a mother as my mom was to me. And I'm also scared about the times that we're bringing up kids in now, so different from when we were younger. There's so much access to so much more than, you know, if we take my story, than weed. All of those thoughts just petrify me from ever wanting a child and then on top of that because my mom is dead i do not have her backup you know so it would be so nice if she was still alive to be able to if i have a child go and talk to her and be like hey now they've done this how do i approach this I almost sometimes feel like back in the day, I should have been taking notes (laughs) while she was parenting and just being like, hmm, you know, lessons learned so that I could have something to refer to now that she's gone. But um, motherhood, it petrifies me. And I think sometimes I lie that it's the physical pain of carrying a child that petrifies me. But I think it's not the pain. It is the cluelessness of... Parenting in general, that is just scary. So on 100 African Stories this week, Kit from Nairobi, Kenya, shares her story of raising two kids who are five and two years old and navigating conversations around racism and gender and men showing emotion with these toddlers A
1: 100 african stories
0: there is no proper life that you live
1: in university as a musician
0: if i constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself i'm never gonna get anything done
1: uh, there's a bit of frustration in between all of the i've been breaking my back for this company therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy stories from africa my name is kit and I just want to tell you about my children. So, there's this one time riding in the car with Candy, and we decide to go to ABC Place at um, Chandarana Food Plus. And we're in the supermarket and we're buying our stuff. And Candy turns to me and asks, Mama, there's many white people here. And she's, at this point, she's four. She's five now. And you know how four year olds talk at the top of their lungs. And I'm just like, Candy, (laughs) yeah, okay. It's not a bad thing what you've said, but shh. And of course, she does not understand subtlety. Mm -hmm. She does not understand what I'm going on. Why why, why has my face changed, my manner? You know, if I'm talking to you, you'd be like, hey, what's going on? Let me keep quiet. Let me wait for later. Children? No. They're just like, mama! I'm like, yeah, there are many different kinds of people here. And so she says... Mm, mama, I don't like white people. Again, at the top of her lungs, and I'm just like, honey, you're killing me, right? You're killing me right now. So I'm like, okay, okay, cool. Shh, and I tell her in the lua, we'll talk about it in the car. And she sulks. She starts to sulk, and I'm like, I can't do this. I need to finish. This child is going to erupt. Let me finish the shopping trip. Let's get it moving. Like a bit later, she's like, okay, Mama, I like white people, and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Trying to smile at the people around us. Yeah, so I'm awkwardly smiling at the people around us. And I'm telling her, babe, we will talk in the car. Be quiet. So she's like, okay, whatever. So she sows the rest of the shopping trip. We finish. I try to hurry because I'm like, okay, it's really burning her. And we get out and we get into the car. And I'm like, okay, doll, what's going on? There are many people in there. What's happening with the whole white people situation? (laughs) And she's like, I don't like white people. Why? Well, because they're just white everywhere. No brown, just white everywhere. Um, White face, white hands, white legs. You get the point. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, cool. So they're different from us. Yeah, they're different. That's why you don't like them? Yeah, that's why I don't like them. Do you like Jessica? Jessica is her girlfriend in school, her, one of her best friends. She's like, yeah, I really like Jessica. Again, she's four years old, so she doesn't know where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you like Jessica's dad? Yeah, I like Jessica's dad. Even though Jessica's dad is white? Quiet, Katie. Jessica's dad is white, right? Yeah. But you like him? Yeah. But mama, he's different. Okay. How is he different? Well, Jessica, is, she's the same color as me. She's not. <laughs> her, mom, her mom is black. Her dad is white. She is not the same color. We, we go to the same school. She's brown like me. Her hair is like mine. It is not. <laughs> the hair is different. Kendi has locks. Jessica has long, long, wavy baby hair. And yeah, so that's why I like her because she's like me. So I'm like, Cool. And Jessica's dad is not like us, but you like him? Yes, I do. Well, there are different types of people. There's some brown people, there's some white people, there's all types of shades of people in between. Short, tall, fat, Mm -hmm. thin. Just because somebody is different from you doesn't mean that they're bad. So she nods her head and I'm like, okay, my moment. (laughs) I did it. Give me a trophy. Somebody just give me a trophy now. So I start the car because, okay, see, the conversation is over. I did my thing. Drive, uh, we didn't even leave the gate. And she's like, okay, mama, I like white people. And I'm just like, okay. It's, I mean, you, can, you can like one person specifically, but you don't have to like the entire group or hate the entire group. Now I'm just trying to teach my child about race. <sighs> and racism, wow. Another moment that really sticks out is with my two-year-old. He's now two. Mm-hmm. At the moment, he was one. Um, we're just hanging out in my, in my living room, having a party. And he gets up and hits his head on the coffee table. And it's like hits his head yeah. on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like a little ding. It was like woof! And we all start talking at once. My girlfriends, like, oh, everybody's like woo And Kale just gets up and starts to walk away. And we're my sister is like um keo now asks him in the lure you didn't get hurt and he kind of just shrugs and starts to walk away and now my girlfriends are like okay keo are you okay like what's happening and then this one guy is just like guys stop it he's a boy so we all just fell we just fell apart we were just like what what do you mean He doesn't know that he's a boy. That's number one. Number two, how is being hurt a gender thing? Like, are you hurt or are you not? We're asking him if he's hurt. We're not asking him if he has (laughs) male genitalia. We're we're just asking him, are you hurt? And why are you not reacting like you're hurt? Because we thought it was a really big (laughs) hit. It seems it is not, right? Anyway, this guy is like, no, he's a boy. He has no time to be Upset about being hurt. So I was like, wait, wait, David, let's call him David. Wait, yeah. David, this boy will lie down on a supermarket floor and cry for like 15 minutes yeah. for not getting his way. This boy cries. It's a baby. <laughs> he cries all the time. He cries when he's hurt. He cries when he's upset. Mm. He has no idea that he's not supposed to cry because he's male. And what you're actually essentially telling me is that I should not encourage him to cry. Mm. And he's like, no, don't mulika him. Don't mulika him. Don't tell us that he cries. I'm like, at that moment, he was one year and, and four months. So he was like 16 months old. Don't mulika him. I'm like, David, hold on. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) huh? You want me to protect my 16 months old ego? He doesn't know he has an ego. He doesn't know it's worth protecting. He's a baby. But I should begin at this point lying, Mm -hmm. withholding the truth about my son's emotions because he's male. Even though I don't overtly tell my son don't cry, he will learn not to cry. Because he hears me telling people Oh yeah, he's tough. Oh yeah, don't mm. worry. He's good. He's, you know, all these manly adjectives. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> you can give me some. Um, and at this moment, like my girlfriends were trying to talk over me. Like everybody was just so upset about the <laughs> We're just like, this, this situation doesn't work. I'm married to a man who lost his father. Mm. When, we, when we were in school together. And he never cried. Mm. And his father was his only parent. His mother left when he was three. His father was his only parent for 20 years. His father died and he didn't cry. This man standing there. I had never met that dad when I was at the funeral. I cried Mm. so much. My boyfriend at the time asked me, did you know him? Because the way you are going (laughs) on is like, I said, no, I didn't know him. I'm crying for everybody here who's not crying. Mm. I was so shook. I couldn't believe that your father could die and you don't cry. And that's the world I'm bringing up my son in. To be hurt, like broken to your core and not show it. I'm contemplating going to bring you up in Italy where men kiss other men, Mm. kiss their brothers, they kiss their fathers, Mm. cry, have dominion over all your emotions. Mm. There's no weak one, there's no strong one. I mean, because we're taught, yeah, men can be angry but not sad. I mean, yeah. I watch all these movies where there's these men just like crying and going after this person who took away their child or whatever yeah. and fighting for their <laughs> wife's honor and, you know, and <laughs> tears are streaming down. These tough men. Mm. And in Kenya, somebody's telling my 16-month-old, <laughs> don't, don't mulika him. It, it that, that makes me feel sad and makes me want to um preempt that kind of conversation mm-hmm. in Keo's life and be always encourage him to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. It's okay to show this whole range, I mean, it's a sign of maturity yeah. showing a whole range of emotion. You don't only have to be stick to one, show this whole range of emotion when you need to, however, you need to. And then you're a a person. Human beings are like that. I'm consciously trying to be the same as how I was brought up. Mm. Because my parents have been social development consultants all my life. Mm. They still are. So they've always trained on gender, peace, um, strategic planning, all these things. And so they were always aware. Mm. My dad is the first feminist that I knew before I knew what a feminist is. He's always been a feminist. He brought us up in so deliberately to be like, you know, you're a girl and that doesn't mean anything. It's neither here nor there. It doesn't take away or give you anything. It's who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how to to get what you want. This is how to protect yourself. This is how to um, change a car tire. This is how to check Oil in the car, this is how to dress. And he never, I have never heard my father say that dress is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. Even when, because my sisters wear the shortest (laughs) shorts I have ever seen. They just love it. I'm just like my thighs are too thick. Somebody told me my thighs are thick somewhere, you know, in yeah. my teenagehood maybe, and I decided I have to cover them. My my sisters don't have that burden. Mm-hmm. So they wear shorts where their ass cheeks are hanging out. <laughs> they look good and my dad would be like, "Oh, nice shorts, mama." Um so we grew up thinking that your like men in your life don't have a say on mm-hmm. what you wear. And that's empowering. Because you 're not trying to to get their approval they don 't have that over you, so that 's how I 'm trying to raise my children. My generation were not raised like that. My generation were shut down, put down, mm. and our mothers were the ones who were fighting in Beijing. The ones that we look down upon now as yeah. millennials are like, ah those women don 't know anything. they have been yeah. you know sat on, they, have been, they were fighting for us they are we where we are because of them. So our generation, we were just like, "Mm," told, no, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do this, that's wrong. Because you're a girl. Because you're a boy. And I'm trying to preempt that in my children. My generation, I'm 33. So we are trying to raise woke children. We are woke. The wokest (laughs) generation since Jesus. We're trying to raise woke children, but we're failing. Mm. We are failing. I think we are failing in, we're not really guiding our children, okay? Mm -hmm. So our children come and then they want to, whatever children want to do. And we think it's our duty to let them do whatever and just Mm -hmm. run around like headless chicken, Mm -hmm. no rules, no discipline. I cannot imagine sitting in front of a TV from breakfast to dinner. And I'm a full-grown adult. This is what we do to our children. Even when they are asleep, the TV is still on, Jim Jam. They're napping, and they can hear Jim Jam in their dreams. I'm just like, it's sad. Because my daughter can tell me anything, like I have taught her, speak your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, If somebody bullies you, you tell them no. Mm -hmm. If they don't stop, punch them in the face. And I have, I, I mean, I'm known to tell, to make an announcement at gatherings and be like, hi guys, I have instructed my children to beat your children in the event that your children bully mine. So please tell Jaden not to push Kendi around. So one of the most recent ones that I can think about is I sent her to turn, off the, to turn on the light. And I told her, Kendi, he go turn on the light. And she said, no, Mama, you turn it on. And I, I, like, I looked at her, and I looked at myself, and I was like, mm, am I in this situation? Is this a dream? Is this a dream? Because my own child is... And I'm like, Candy, what? And she's like, but Mama, it's not my house. Do you know, Adele, I got up, <laughs> I walked to the front door, and I opened it, and I told her, get out. Please, you're free to go. If, it is not my, if it's not your house, get out. She started to cry. She was like, okay, mama, I'm so sorry. It's my house. I'm like, babe, too late, get out. <laughs> I kicked my five-year-old out the house. I, I didn't, I wasn't having it. She pleaded, she pleaded, and I told her, look, don't talk back. But there's a way that I need to tell her, don't talk back, but talk back. Mm. You know what it is? Yeah. That, that's so difficult. That balance I don't know yeah. where, I, I, I'm still trying to find it. Yeah. Don't talk back, but talk back. Always talk back, always talk back. Yes. <laughs> just, oh, just not to me. So I'm constantly trying to find that balance. Keo, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I just slapped him across his little face. Yeah. His, hand, his face is smaller than my hand, and I just slapped the boy. I had been telling him, not to do something, and he just kept doing it. He was pushing that boundary. Anyway, he cried, and he was just, and he's too, and he was just so upset, he couldn't believe it. In his tears, he told me, Mama, don't chopper me. Finding that strength within him to be like, no, this is unjust. <laughs> Even in his tears, yeah. his face was streaked with tears and mucus, yeah. and he's yelling up at me, telling me, don't chopper me. Mm. And I had to sit down and tell him, look, boy, I will chopper you. If I tell you, and he kept saying, no, <laughs> do not. I'm like, if I give you an instruction and you don't follow, the consequences ABCD. But then that balance of don't tell me not to chopper you, but fight, fight for yourself. He's learned to fight for himself. He grew, he's growing up with Kendi as his sister and Kendi has the bigger apart from me, she has the biggest personality, and she's only five. And she has, to, and he has to grow up with this person as his sister, the person he plays with, the person he fights with. He needs to be fortified to take on the world. Mm-hmm. And he's small. He doesn't look two. He looks one. He's so <laughs> little, but he doesn't know that. If I could fast forward twenty years, Kendi would be twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I got married at twenty-five, so I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling <laughs> stressed. Um, they would be well-rounded individuals, well-mannered, good, good people. Mm. They would stand up for their rights and other people's rights, even putting themselves in danger or harm's way Mm. for other people. People deserve peace, love. And if you are in a situation where somebody is not getting that intervene. Intervene. I will teach them to fight for themselves. I'll teach them to fight for others who are not who can't fight for themselves. Even people who can fight for themselves need backup. So be there for people. And people will be like, you know, those those carrier children, by the way, they are always they're always there for people. Catch our next African stories in the next episode.
0: Imagine having to have conversations with your five-year-old on racism or trying to figure out how to ensure your two-year-old son understands that crying is not a sign of weakness. There's so many facets to parenting that I'm just like, respect to all the parents listening. I think the work that you're doing is very tricky but it's just so necessary anyway speaking of kids the kids in my apartment block have been yelling all morning sounds to me like they're in the middle of a very heated football game around my car my god i should actually go down and check (laughs) but i don't want to be the person who starts yelling at them from the window to keep it down or to keep quiet because i guess the noise is part of childhood so yeah if you heard any weird noises in the background it was them whoa 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 i really need to go and check on my car i've just had a very strange sound anyway thank you so much for listening to the podcast make sure you join the tribe on our instagram page that's at legally clueless podcast